This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Leading us to the top of the hour is the entrepreneurial edge. And we know when I don't have the words to express what I'm feeling, I sing it. And I'm thinking of that song by the Bee Gees. I can't remember the whole song, but I know somewhere along the line it goes, Love is such a beautiful thing. And it is. It really, really is. I am a sucker for romance. And like many South Africans, I am a sucker for weddings. Beautiful elegant weddings and to the extent that South Africans are so optimistic about love do you know some of the most popular TV shows in this country are wedding shows our perfect wedding traditional wedding what what good magodi you name it cookbooks because South Africans just I don't know in a world that has so many tragedies and traumas it's love that makes things a little bit better it really does make the world go round and what's your experience with that? Do meet Dean Marku, founder and owner of Diamond Love Bridal Couture. Is love the thing that makes us go round? Definitely love <laughs> is the thing that makes the world go round. People love love. Love connects us. You know, love connects societies. It connects nations. It connects families. So even though there might be wars, there'll always be love. And I'm talking to you because obviously you've started a, a, a bridal couture company, Diamond Love Bridal Couture. And somebody would say, getting married doesn't mean you're in love. Those are two separate things. What's your experience? Um, I think women do these days separate um, love and getting married. And for me, for my experience, is that you need to be prepared for both. So you can't really say, I'm getting married because I want the wedding. There's a difference between having a wedding and actually having a marriage. Hey, you can have, you can have both. You can, of course, <laughs> you, you can definitely have both. And, but, but the thing is that a lot of us get excited by the wedding day. And the wedding day is a one-day affair. Yeah. The marriage is a different story. Girl, you don't even have to tell me about it. I got stories for days. <laughs> but but that one party is probably the most elaborate celebration a person will ever, ever have. And for that reason, people go all out with their weddings. So when a bride comes to you and says, I'm getting married, what are they looking for? A bride is looking for the ultimate dress. They are looking for the dream, the dream that they've been thinking about since they were like little girls. They are looking for the dream that they see on Instagram, the dream that they see on Pinterest and all the other social media platform. Mm. You know, they're looking for perfection and they will do anything and everything to get that dream. Mm. So the dress always becomes the center of attraction. There is no ugly bride, as people would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it is the ultimate thing that everybody mm. focuses on. And thereafter, it's like the venue, mm. the rings mm. and, you know, mm. and the rest of the jazz. And because the dress is such a central part of that wedding story, it's also a significant part of the budget. And uh, on average, the dress is anywhere between 10, it could even be 50 percent of the budget. Um, what do you know about how much people are willing to pay for a dress? 
Look, there's two sides of well, it. Well, you know a lot. What can you tell us? <laughs> there's two sides of it. There is the bride that will borrow money, which we don't encourage to pay for a wedding dress or any other wedding items because there is life after a wedding. And when brides come to see us, we are in the business of giving you an experience and also coaching you. So we're not just selling a dress and that's become our market differentiator. We sit with you and do a full-on consultation to get to know you, Lerato. What is it that you want? You know, what budget have you put down? And one of the first things that we ask a bride is, what is your budget? People, you know, they... They do, they do a little dance around yeah. that question and we we don't move forward until you give us the number because we say to you, I'm either going to show you a Ferrari mm-hmm. and you shopping for a Tez. Hmm. So hmm. Let's, let's get it out there right from the start. So people are prepared to pay between 10 and 25 on hire and 25 plus to purchase. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so... 10,000 rands to hire a dress, even 25,000. Why don't you just buy it if you're willing to pay that much to hire it? Do they get the deposit back? No. <laughs> What's the point <laughs> of the exercise? So to buy, to hire a dress, it's somebody that comes and says, you know what, I'm looking for a couture dress. I can't afford to buy it at 50,000. However, I want to wear that couture dress. Therefore, I can hire it, wear it for the one day, at an 18,000 or a 20,000 and then I move along. Yes. Mm. As opposed to now, I've got to raise 60,000 to wear the very same Mm. dress. Remember when we're hiring a dress, people only think of hire as in, you know, it's this old dress that's lying somewhere. It's, you know, it's rented out 50, 100 times. No. We keep our stock up to date that you're pretty much getting something that is new for a fraction of the price. So I think this is a time I should make a disclaimer that I've been married before. I've had I've had that big party. And I know what you're saying is the truth because it were two options that I had to consider at the time. And at the time, a dress hire was 25,000 rands. Uh, so it didn't make sense to me. I bought the dress. But then I was saddled with the dress for years. And I've paid this price for a dress and I'm never going to wear it again. And the issue was what to do with it next. So what actually is the incentive to make a dress? Because it seems it's more sensible to hire the dress. You pay a fraction of the price, you wear it for the one day, and then it's not sitting in your cupboard thereafter. Look, there's also an emotional attachment to when people say, I'm getting married. You know, there are people that say, this is my ultimate dream. I will go all out. And we always say, remember, you're only going to wear this dress for a couple of hours, Mm. probably once in your lifetime. Even if you remarry, you you don't want to wear the same dress, you know. And to resell a dress, it's very difficult. We get calls every single day from brides saying, I bought my dress from this designer. Can you help me sell it? Remember, we can't do that we've already got our own stock we're already managing our own you know cash flows and stock and so forth and the depreciating value of a dress is quite high which is something that people don't realize when you've made a dress for 50,000 rands, they've done your measurements all the labor all the fabrics all the things have come into play when we buy from designers 
for example, I import overseas. And when we buy from different fashion ranges, that fashion changes every year, twice a year for that matter. So you have bought now an A-line and this year it might be a fit and flare that's trending. Now you are stuck with an A-line and you can't really come back to me because I'm going to be like, girl, this is not trending at the moment. People are phoning and they're looking for a mermaid dress, you know. So, yeah, something we don't encourage. But if you've got the budget, you've got right. the means, you want to wear it because you can afford it. And it's it's a sentimental thing to you. Some people like uh, my Jewish brides, mm-hmm. they don't like to hire wedding dresses. They want it brand new. They've got specifics to the dress. You know, yes. it has to have long sleeves and so forth because of their culture. culture yes. So they have to make a dress. But even though the, some of them would hire from us, they would say, can you make. make this dress for me to hire? So they would pay a premium to wear a brand new dress to hire it. So it would still be at a very, very high price, but they would bring the dress yes. back. So so you're hiring a dress, but you're making, um, what do they call them, adjustments yes, on the dress? alterations. Alterations, on, yes. that's the word. Yes. When you look at social media, particularly Instagram, because that's where people post their beautiful lives, there is a trend I'm seeing. And I don't know if I should call it a trend. I'm seeing a pattern, rather. Mm. Where many young, new brides are having the big celebration, but they're not wearing white dresses. They're wearing dresses of color. And they're wearing dresses that have Afro print textiles mixed in. So it could be tulle and lace, Mm. but with an Ankara here and a veil that is Ankara. It seems to be a trend. It is a trend, but remember now that if you have to say one out of ten, I would say probably three out of ten brides would go that route. It's more your artistic um, kind of characters, people that, you know, they love the African vibe. A lot of brides still want the traditional white, plain dress, big ball gown. I want to look like a princess. So we hardly get, um, you know, brides that come in and say, I'm going to wear an Ankara print with this. No. And that is a different market. They would go to somebody that would actually custom make that kind of dress, you know. So, So what you're saying to me is the tradition of having the traditional African wedding goes hand in hand with the white wedding. People are still doing those two weddings. Yes. And the more elaborate these African wedding gowns have become doesn't take away from the fact that they're still going to find that 50,000 rands for a white dress. They're still going to find the 50,000 for a white dress or they're going to buy a dress at 25,000 and then they're going to take it to mom, Mavis or whoever else and say, please Um, add to this because I'm getting married, especially when people are getting married from South Africa to maybe Nigerian or Ghanaian. They would then take the dress and say, add this print so I can bring their feel into the wedding. So these numbers are staggering now. The dress alone is at the least... (laughs) 25,000 rands and at the most 60,000 rands and there could be two dresses because it's an African and a white wedding we're already at 100,000 rands for the dresses alone so how much does the rest of the actual wedding cost the wedding 
now what we're seeing as trends is that people are downscaling on the number of people, on the number of guests. So I want the dream. I want to be at a um, fluent um, venue. I want to have the most beautiful flowers, maybe <laughs> even imported flowers. I would downscale as opposed to having that big 300 guest number. I would then have the 50. Ah, the I'm getting... The drama behind it is still there. <laughs> but you know what? COVID has actually brought that aspect. It's no more, you know, but when people say I'm not invited to the wedding, it's no more like a, like a huge, huge issue. issue. It's not because people started Friendships having collapsing. The, the 50 max um, number. And I'm seeing more and more of my brides would say we're getting married on a Tuesday. Where people would cheaper only get the venue. Yeah, the venue becomes way cheaper on a Tuesday, like basically Monday to Thursday. It's much cheaper. People get married now in winter. It's, you know, because they've had to wait. Remember now COVID was two years. Yes. They've had to wait two years. So people yeah. are like, it doesn't matter. No matter what, I'm getting married and I will do it on a Tuesday. Okay. And so those also become tricks of get the dress you want at the market price. But get married on a Tuesday to get a cheaper venue. Exactly. Scale down the numbers so that you're per head paying less. Uh, but have your dress. Have your dress. The other trend is on um, catering. You know, people have moved away from seven tiers of a cake. Mm. They would have like a cheese, something that looks like a cake, but it's literally like a cheese board that would be served with your dessert. Okay, and the muffins, the tiered muffins. The tiered muffins, you know. Um, also, very informal weddings are coming up where it would be at Spit Brides, even though we are at... A bride. Yeah, a bride. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are starting to be much more creative yeah. around it, but they still want to look good. Remember, now yeah. social media is also yeah. brought in. We want to see those photos, yeah. and you must be slaying in the photos. Yeah. So, but also you have that one opportunity, and and if you look at wedding pictures of icons in our lives. You know, yeah. when they show you a picture of Winnie Madigizala Mandela and Mandela, it's a wedding picture. Those those pictures carry for time immemorial. Mm. So you have to slay you have on to. that wedding day. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about how to run a business that is a bridal couture business. We're in conversation with Dumi Dean Marku, the founder and owner of Diamond Love Bridal Couture. You're listening to Lerato Mbele on Power 98.7. We're talking about dreamy brides, bridezillas as we go into wedding season in South Africa. We're in conversation with Dumi Dean Marku, the founder and owner of Diamond Love Bridal Couture. You must see them in all shapes and sizes, these brides. I do. The worst are? The worst are the ones that are emotionally not ready and also very low self-esteem because oh, no. the self-esteem counts a lot. Now, if you come as Lerato and you actually do not know yourself, I've got to dig Lerato out of you for me to understand the kind of dress that you should be in. What, what do you mean? But how do you recognize the low self-esteem? Um, like I said, we create an environment where we are doing a consultation mm. with the bride. So we get to know you a little bit before we just throw you in a, in a mm. dress, you know. Mm. Um, and it will be small things like a s- simple example. So, Lerato, you know, have you looked at different dresses? What styles would you like? I don't know. 
Um, have you looked online? Not really. What's your budget? I don't know. You know, so the person wouldn't have an idea. They would also refer back to the crowd that they've brought into the store, mm. which we also encourage. Do not bring too many people when you're doing your, you know, your bridal fitting. Mm. Three maximum, you know, and bring the people that have the best interest for you. You know, so those little triggers, you would see them. The red mm. flags would be there. When you get into the fitting room, they wouldn't be sure of themselves. And yeah. yeah. Okay, so it could be body positive issues. But, you know, I don't know. In my case, getting engaged was such an overwhelming experience. I didn't see it coming. So I wasn't ready. I didn't know what kind of dress I wanted. I hadn't thought about it until that particular moment. And it's only with time that I was figuring out what I might. I hadn't really paid that much attention. So I don't know if it's a self-esteem issue or just people are overwhelmed by the magnitude of what is about to happen here. It's a bit of both. You know, it, planning a wedding is very overwhelming. There's a lot of pressure. And that is why communication is important. You know, I always sit with the brides and I say, when you left the house, did you and your man or you and your mom talk about the price? Um, you know, do you actually have a vision of this day? And let's unpack the vision before we get you into a dress. Because a dress is a dress. You know what I mean? And you could go to, you get ladies that go to 10 different shops and they come back and they say, I still don't know mm. what I want. Mm. It's because you haven't given yourself the opportunity to sit back and say, you know what? As Lerato, do I want a big dress? Am I about big dresses? Mm. Am I about short dresses? Do mm. I want a jazz band? Mm. What is it that I want to mm. celebrate as part of my love story? When you started this business, what gave you the idea? What was going on in your life? So I started the business, one, I love fashion. Okay. Two, when I was shopping for my personal wedding dress, um, I found that a lot of the stores were white owned. Okay. And it was more of, here's a dress, fitted, buy. You know, it was just was, a number. I was just a number. And I wanted to create a store where women could be together. I also, um, I'm a founder of, a, of an initi initiative called the Mr. and Mrs. Bridal Experience, okay. um, where I get women together to talk about different topics that get you ready to I do. Wow. So for me, it's beyond just selling a dress because I know you can buy a dress anyway. Yeah. But there's things that you need to walk right. away and say, you know, if people come back and say to me, you know what, you raised such a deep issue and I never thought about right. it. Before we talk about that kind of executive coaching, personal coaching thing, how much does it take to run a business like this? If you've got to build up stock and you're importing, so you're importing today at 17 rands 30. Yeah. If you're importing last week, you're importing at 18 rands. And I don't know how many dresses you're bringing in from how many different uh, countries. So what kind of money does it take to run a business like this? It takes a lot of money. And um, when I did it, it was self-funded. Yeah. And, you know, I started with 10 dresses. I remember very well. I started with literally 10 dresses. I knew nothing. And nobody will teach you. Right. It's, it's one of those businesses that it becomes, it's like this kept secret, you know. And I went to so many stores and tried to do research. I just couldn't <laughs> get it. I spent time. I went to China. I went to all these places, wasted money. So the key was for me to actually learn about the business. So I started jumping out of South Africa and started networking okay. with people outside of our country. What did you learn? I learned how to manage your stock, 
how do you manage, you know, the importing fluctuations? Um, how do you raise money and how do you turn over a dress? And why build a business around mm-hmm. hiring wedding gowns, you know, mm-hmm. study the market. What are women looking mm-hmm. for? And churning that stock okay. fast enough for the cash flow to come in. And, and who, and how did you raise the money? I had my own savings. So I basically started with my so own So you couldn't savings. go into a bank and say, could you top me up? You can't, you know, the most difficult thing is that you go to banks, you knock and you've got a business proposal and they're all saying you don't have experience. Mm. Um, This is an industry that's got a lot of suppliers. Uh, Retail is not booming. Why are you not making the dresses here? Mm. You know, so so there was very little information around the banks and the financial institutions to to understand the the business model behind importing dresses, Mm. you know, and also the, the, the. And why don't you make the dresses here? I don't make the dresses here. One, fabrics. Two, it is the cost of fabrics is very high. The cost of manpower in South Africa as well. And the skill, mm. you know, that we, we need to be building our skill in mm. South Africa for us. When you go to like Europe and you mm. see how quick they're making a wedding dress, mm. how fast the machines, how, mm. you know, for me, that would be the ultimate mm. dream to actually have a center mm. where we could teach this so we can stop importing and actually mm. have it here. But Be- Because of the word couture, I think yes. it's important. We're, yep. not, we're not dressmaking here. No. It's couture. Yes. High, high, high fashion. Yeah. Different fabrics, yes. different textures, beading. Yes. Okay. I, I, I get it now. <laughs> Do you have a love story of your own? <laughs> yes, I do have a love story of my own. I've Tell been us. with my husband for... 10 years, going on 11. Yay. Um, happily married. Yay. Um, I'm one of those, what you see is what you get. And I, for me, what works is, is communication. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's constantly asking, where are, we? where are we? Where are we going? You know, and, and also putting on the table the things that you want. What are your yeah. expectations? And I always say to women, you hide our expectations until we get into the marriage. Yeah. You, you need to be communicating while you're dating. And if, if he's not making it, if he's not cutting it, Girl, walk away. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're coaching brides, because you say to them, you know, simple things like budgeting, think about the actual wedding event, but what else are you coaching them on? Having the hard conversations with your partner. Things like religion. Mm. Um, In-laws. Are you supporting your family? Black tax. Um, How many kids are you expecting? Am I going to work? Um, this is all at the bridal shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do one-on-one coaching with brides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, before and before you started this business, what were you doing? Before I started, I was in eventing and marketing. Okay. Yeah. So my background, my last position, I was working for an events company during the World Cup. So ah. I come from more big, big events, stadium events. Okay. And yeah. this is why you can put together an entire kind of key. What, what do they call it? Um, turnkey. Turnkey. Solution. Correct. Yes. The dress to the actual the dress event. to the actual event. Okay. And as we round off our conversation, are South Africans getting married? I know this is the time when you get invited to weddings, but you look at the divorce statistics and you think, are people? do people even believe in marriage anymore? People still believe in marriage. People still get married. I have over 30 brides just this month getting married. So people 
definitely still get married. I still have people that got divorced a few years ago and they still phone and come back and say, I found love again. Hey! <laughs> there is hope, hey. <laughs> To meet Dean Marco, this has been just such a beautiful um, adventure and with laughter. And um, I'm meeting you today in front of the microphone. Fingers crossed I'll meet you in another way. Absolutely. But I'm not spending 60K on an address. <laughs> Do me, Dean Mark, who founder and owner of Diamond Love Bridal Couture. For all of you getting married, want to find a solution, want to figure out what to do, want to know what you need to know about yourself, she's the one to talk to. Uh, Diamond Love Bridal Couture. And on that lovely note from myself, the lovable Lerato, I'll say so myself. My mother says so, even if you don't say so. <laughs> and the joyous Dumi Dean and Yolanda and the team at Power Talk. We'll see you again tomorrow. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.